I know. It's just too big to even think about. I mean, I tell people, I'm like, okay, so more than 20 billion pounds of produce goes to waste each year. And they're like, they can't even fathom it, right? And it's only because it's excess, you know, not perfectly shaped for groceries. And then meanwhile, climate change is escalating and people are going hungry and it's just unacceptable. You know, wasting so much food, we're running out of land, you know, water and healthy soil. And this is, this is what we're dealing with. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It is Tony, and today I have Amy Keller. She's the co-founder and CEO of Climate Candy. I got to say, super unique name, very catchy, very catchy. Yes. (laughs) It really jumps out at you. And, you know, uh, I know this is an audio podcast, but I got to say, your packaging is this like super crisp white background with these all these beautiful colors um highlighting all you know cherry lemon orange strawberry um and you just nail it right away we turn problems into candy two servings of real fruits and veggies in one of these little um travel bags it's they're just perfect it's you know and you're really hitting on a super important topic we're talking about you know upcycling and recovering uh, foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, things that just go unharvested, enormous footprint of energy and inputs that don't get used. It's a total waste. Yeah. Well, I gotta say in regards to the packaging, I'd say it's probably because I come from a family that owns a candy factory. So (laughs) when you have Sanger candy company that makes 2 billion dum-dums every year, along with all the other nostalgic candies that we know, it's all about brightness and fun. I mean, that's the power that candy has, you know, Neckos, sweethearts. We remember those from so long ago. So I think that I've just tried to uh, have that ability to instill fun in any moment. So. That was uh, ingrained in you, I guess, from an early, early age. So obviously you've kind of answered one of my first questions was why, you know, how do people get into the business of food? And you kind of touched on it a little bit with kind of your family origin, but what was your story? Well, I wanted to push it further, uh, simply, you know, do something more than make it more of a lasting impact. You know, so my partners, Kevin Wall and Dr. Seuss Molly and I, we had worked on Live Earth with Vice President Al Gore, and we ended up in Svalbard, Norway, five years ago. And we visited the Global Seed Bank to learn about food security. And I was there with the United Nations when they were installing generators due to climate change, to keep the glacier refrigerated for all the backup seeds of the world. And so just seeing that while on the trip, along with reading Drawdown by Paul Hawken and learning that 40% of food grown as globally is wasted, I I just decided at that point in the Arctic Circle of all places five years ago uh, to to write a business plan uh, that had to do with upcycling the imperfect, the perfectly imperfect fruits and vegetables for the health of people on the planet. 40%? Yeah, globally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Nogales, Arizona way back when. That's where two-thirds of our produce comes into the United States. And I'm telling you, the logistics of the trucks coming over the border and getting processed in those warehouses and made into either, you know, going out as produce being made into juices or powders or purees as ingredients, or even just going out to food banks, they couldn't keep up. 
so there's just so much available. And unfortunately, it's not just that, it's our farmers. You know, a lot of times we're working just to help the farmers get their full harvest. So that's 25%. So 25% goes unharvested on the field. And so either right. it goes back into the soil or it goes off for livestock feed or it ends up in landfill. And so it's not even used for human consumption. Okay, so we have talked a little bit before about upcycling. I think it's a very clever way to take what's already there and maybe process, I hate to use the word process, but turn it into, you know, an, another product. Um, so tell us more about this actual candy, these faves, because I got to say, um, you sent me a really nice um, sample bag of of many of these they taste great. I mean, it truly is like a chewy candy. And I really wasn't even aware that they had all the, the vegetables in it too. So it's like, you kind of snuck in some vegetables on me. I didn't even know it. Yeah. I think we like to call it stealth nutrition. Uh, we <laughs> transform the upcycled produce and say, why can't we make it into candy? I mean, we don't realize that fruits and vegetables, for a lot of us, I'm plant-based and I was an Ironman triathlete. I did it seven times. And at that point we're like, okay, whoa, whoa, I think whoa. you proved your You're point. You're a seven-time triathlete. Seven-time Iron Woman, I guess. So, uh, right, but You're I think talking full. Full Ironman, yes, yes, yeah. That's crazy. It is a little crazy, but it also was, I was a vegan triathlete. So imagine how much you need of nutrition. So when we looked at what we were making for faves, and believe me, I wish we had it back in the day when I did Ironmans, because now I just run all the time or swim. I don't do it for competition. Uh, but getting your five to eight servings of fruits and vegetables every day is hard. It's hard. And they're saying even today you need 10. Uh, and so I look at it and say, how how fun is it to eat candy for a portion of it. And then right. it gets people excited about the idea that, hey, if you like faves and you like the blueberry or the raspberry or the peach or the mango, all these amazing flavors we have, I think you ended up with the classics of cherry and orange and lemon and strawberry flavors. Yeah. But uh, it it makes you realize that carrots and beets and sweet potato and pumpkin have that sweetness and that you can also try some of these root vegetables that are so dense in nutrition and that's why we utilize those imperfect vegetables in this, because it gives that plant fiber and you actually feel full and it feels like you're satisfied and you're getting that rainbow of colors that everybody that knows how you live longer and stay healthy, uh, it's through you know what you're eating and putting in your body. Um, but also, you know, food is the single strongest lever for environmental change, you know, too. Well, so tell us about, I'm just kind of curious about the actual process of taking all these delicious, you know, fruits and vegetables and turning them into something that tastes great. I mean, what did you find a, uh, a co-packer that had experience with this? Or did you have to kind of stand that up on your own? You know, how did you even come up with with doing this? Well, five years ago, we started off thinking we were going to be an ingredient company. Um, I built the supply chain with farmers in the West Coast, Midwest, and even in Europe. And was like, okay, now we can replace sugar and filler in food. Now, here's the problem. A lot of these bigger companies, they don't want to change their formulas. And if you do do that, it takes a year, if not more. So we were talking to some of our partners and we said, you know what? We need a proof of concept. And of course, they said to me, they're like, well, you come from your candy family. Like, why aren't you? <laughs> why don't you make candy? Well, here's the problem and dilemma. None of these candy factories want you to break their equipment. 
And believe me, my family was like, there's no way you're not using flow agents and stuff on this million dollar equipment. This is, that's they crazy. They didn't even allow right? you to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what I did was I went out um, to during COVID times, which of course, that's a great time for R&D because everything's just a little slowed down. So we went and worked in northern New York and Chicago, St. Louis, NorCal, you know, SoCal, you name it. We were at factories and we were trying to get these things through equipment that makes cookies and bars and candy and you name it because the plant fiber is very different. And so many people are used to these flow agents and sugars, and they have specific things they're supposed to go through the machines. And I was upending that because we're 96% fruits and vegetables. So they're like, this, this isn't going to work. So believe me, it was a lot of work on the trying to get that, that manufacturing arm started. So where did you end up uh, settling? It was I think it was overseas, right? You're somewhere in Europe now, I believe. Uh, we have East Coast. Um, we have a manufacturing co-packer. And then we also do work out of uh, Europe, um, just depending upon seasons. And then we do have a factory in SoCal, but uh, we stopped utilizing it for a while during during COVID times. So we kind of work dependent upon where we can get the seasonality of fruits and vegetables. So people see it coming from a lot of different places. Yeah. I just think it's wonderful that you're spending so much time with the local farmers. I mean, they need so much help. This is, it's like a, an epidemic that people don't understand. Farmers are having a big problem right now and you're stepping in and I think providing a huge solution for them. And that's hopefully capturing maybe 25% more revenue, however it streams down to them. Um, and then of course, all the other benefits that you're involved in. I agree. And also teaching people where food comes from. I mean, the number of people, kids that we talk to where they're like, where's food come from? They think it's the grocery store and they get it from a box or from a bag. And um, I think they don't really understand the you know farmer to market uh, process. So and then it's also just helping people realize their power of this kind of solution to heal ourselves and the planet and it being what we choose to eat. And that includes all of us. So it makes it so, so simple without going too far in talking about greenhouse gas emissions, climate change, you know, like all these things. It's like, let's just, let's just talk about something we love like candy. <laughs> well, and you've made it so simple too. And I think that's the beauty of it is that you've, well, well I think you say it on your packaging, like I have here, we turn problems into candy. So I want to understand a little bit more about what your like sales and marketing or distribution strategy is, because like every CPG owner, it, looking, it's like you had a baby, you know, just to come up with this, but now you've got to get the world to try it so it can grow up and become an adult. So where are you in the process? And talk to us about, you know, where is it found on the East Coast, West Coast? Well, you know, what's that plan right now? Well, I mean, we started off like everybody, you start off where you try to figure out where's that rising demand for sustainable CPG products. And knowing that shoppers are prepared to buy brands because of their packaging or because they're measuring their product's carbon footprint. So it was easier for us to find those climate conscious people through direct to consumer to start, get to know our audiences, who is it going to be, um, and then start working with e-commerce sites like Thrive Market. What a great spot to be in where you can have those sites that you already know it's the health conscious, eco conscious uh, consumers that uh, obviously care about the brands that they're buying. Uh, and then from there, it was going out to retailers. Uh, for us, we were distributing on the West and East Coast to start. 
but we found some of these amazing national retailers that reached out to us. So all of a sudden, Vitamin Shop and Urban Outfitters and SIBO Express and Hudson News in the airports, because we all know from a travel retail standpoint, how great is it to have something that's healthy for you when your flight is delayed? Um, so we really have gone the alternative route, you know, where you find us in those type of locations. And then I think with distribution to health grocery stores and West Coast and East Coast, that's just where you start um, when you're a brand like ours that's just getting to know people. And then I think what makes us really different is that we like the idea of starting into corporate workplaces uh, and talking to employees and companies about how they're thinking about their approach to the way they source products or serve food or reduce waste. And then also humanitarian efforts. I mean, how do people access their daily fruits and vegetables that are efficient nutrition during those times? And then universities and hospitals, uh, you know, specifically children's hospitals. I mean, how great is it to provide stealth nutrition through candy and have it be something fun like this. So we're definitely trying all these different categories and uh, it's uh, been a fun year. It's kind of fun. You can kind of go back and just check the metrics, see which ones are working, where are you getting the most you know, positive feedback. Um, I want to go back to Thrive Market. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Thrive Market. Maybe people aren't as familiar. Well, Thrive Market's an amazing partner for us because they've got these eco-conscious subscribers um, that subscribe into buying their their food and, and beauty products. And they probably, for people, know that whatever's on this site has been approved by the Environmental Working Group, right? These are brands, whether it be everything from pet food to health to bath and body to vitamins to anything, uh, it's just there for you from a national standpoint. Uh, and then I also like that they have give back programs where they're focused on uh, giving these boxes to those in need. Um, so as we're purchasing our groceries, we know groceries are going back to those in communities that need it the most. So um, and as you know, nationally, there's not always a Whole Foods everywhere or some of these other um, you know, health grocers. So they've made it so that then people can find this healthy food anywhere and it can be sent to you. I mean, how great is it to have healthy living be easy and affordable for everyone. Yeah, to provide access for all with these e-commerce sites. It's been wonderful to partner with them, you know, like the Snack Magics and the Foxtrots. There's so many of them, GoPuffs, you yeah. know, all of these amazing ones that have high standards. So then you have these virtual shelves and exactly. you know that the standards for quality and sustainability and is is up there. And also a lot of them are looking at being carbon neutral. So like for our warehouse, we're like, okay, how are we palletizing? How are we wrapping the pallet? It's not all about what we're packaging the actual candy in. It's also the side of what's the warehouse and the fulfillment center and the manufacturing doing, because what are we doing with recycled corrugated boxes, right? Like that, that whole entire circular supply chain. We can't be called climate candy unless we're thinking about the entire process. The entire thing, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was I was looking at your packaging. And I think you had something nice on here too. I think it was um, eco-friendly. You know, it talks about recycling. But it, yeah. but it does have a different feel to it. I don't know what you've made this with, but it, it's... <laughs> They're all, it's, it's a kick. We've, we've made things with so many different types of um, post-consumer recyclable uh, product 
or we've started using plant fibers um, that are compostable. And then you use this cassava root to seal the bags. So it's crazy. I know, but it that literally, is, I'm like, Hmm, I could yeah. almost like put it in my compost pile. Exactly. So, but the problem with compost right now is that we can do it in certain areas of the country, but areas that don't take compost, it doesn't even get recycled. So we really have to think about what we're sending from our warehouse to what parts of the sectors of the country, because some can only accept recyclable versus compostable. So we've only looked at compostable within corporate workplaces or some specific places where we knew that then they were picking up that type of packaging because we really want to make sure it goes back. Amy, I want to understand a little more about some of your maybe sales and marketing ideas because you, you've got such a, a broad number of categories that you're working in. And I, I want to look at, say, universities for a minute because I know a lot of brands, they want to go into university because they can introduce a great product to people that care. They, are, they like a purpose-driven or a mission-driven brand. Are you experimenting at all with like brand ambassadors or affiliates? Do you do anything like that to kind of incentivize the, uh, you know, young people to talk about it, blog about it, create content? Yeah, I mean, we've done uh, affiliate programs before, which is is wonderful online. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, climate consciousness is more relevant than ever, especially with uh, Gen Z. And uh, we find that we get a lot of of people involved with us through a company called Duffel. You're going to love this. Uh, the kids are able to order via bird scooter uh, candy in the middle of the night during finals or study breaks or whatever it is. And the number one thing that's ordered on that website is candy. And so it, we're already at like university, uh, USC, UCLA, UCSB, uh, University of Texas, it gets us to a lot of places and it's kind of a cool way, but then we're also in bookstores. So like university of Arizona and, you know, others that buy it through our distributors. So it's, it's fun because they see us in these kind of cool places where they're, they're ordering online, but then also in the bookstores where it's just a little bit different. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think the more that they kind of connect to you and your story, I think it brings the brand to life. I think, honestly, that's one of my purposes. My mission is that I want consumers to get to know the, uh, you know, the the mission behind the food. It's so exciting to see a brand on shelf or to see it somewhere and say, I know Amy. I heard her story. I know what she's fighting for, you know, and then this is it. And it's, it just ties it all together. You don't get that when, you know, with Frito-Lay or something. You're just not going to get that. Well, and, and I'm telling you, these core consumers like the Gen Zers, they embody their values, right? So everywhere they go, it's all about the love of healthy food and plant-based goods. And I think they care about climate change, um, not always knowing what to do about it, but they vote with their dollars. And I think that's, that's an important thing. They want to buy the ethical products. Yeah, they do. Now, I want to go back to the problems on the farms. Just in your opinion, what you've seen and can, and from your research, why do we have so much waste? What are some of the different reasons that, that they have 25% or even globally 40%? Well, I mean, food loss starts at the production level. It's you know, low market prices and high harvest costs. So it makes it uneconomical for farmers to gather all that they produce. 
And so we have these really strict cosmetic standards that excludes all the imperfect looking produce. Yeah. And then we all know what's happening today, the, the labor shortages, yeah. that's causing further challenges. And despite the farm to food bank that we talked about, those efforts of recovering the unharvested food, the vast majority is left on the field and then it ends up in other places. And then during kind of COVID times, you saw food service closing and farms that typically sold to those markets found themselves with huge surpluses. So ultimately that went to waste too. So I'd say those are probably the main problems. Yeah, I think labor, I think the the choice that the farmer makes just to leave some out there just because of the cost for them to actually just harvest it versus selling it, it just becomes out of balance. I know we're not going to solve that problem here today, but it's just one that I I just want to keep I know. It's just too big to even think about. I mean, I tell people, I'm like, okay, so more than 20 billion pounds of produce goes to waste each year. And they're like, they can't even fathom it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's only because it's excess, you know, not perfectly shaped for groceries. And then meanwhile, climate change is escalating and people are going hungry and it's just unacceptable. You know, wasting so much food. We're running out of land, you know, water and healthy soil. And this is this is what we're dealing with. I know. I know. I want this to be a happy podcast, but I, mean, I know. Today, but then made- there's people like us that are making change. And then then you're yeah. seeing that. And then we motivate and inspire others that you can come up with an idea. It could be in the middle of the Arctic Circle. And now look what we're doing. You know, we actually can give real numbers and say, oh, we've actually saved at least a million pieces of produce every year. And with that, we've now utilized it to save over a million square feet of crops and 50 million liters of water. So people can start doing data in regards to some of these small businesses and say, oh, well, what an amazing circular future you've created with a consumer packaged good. What can others do? Yeah, it does kind of open the eyes of people. I think when they hear this, I think when food entrepreneurs hear this, they might decide, you know, maybe I can develop a product. You know, maybe I can connect with my local farmers or the harvesters, right? And take something that is, as you say, perfectly imperfect. I do, and I do think it's it's a problem as us as consumers that we have gotten so picky that we want everything to look a certain way. And it is... I don't care if something is slightly misshapen or something, but for some reason, the buyers do not allow it. It doesn't, it doesn't even cross the threshold. But of course, that's where we get our purees and the powders and all the other things that they, they do use those. Um, you know what I also learned when I was in Svalbard? What's that? You're going to love this. So it turns out, see, I'm a big, I love Granny Smith apples, love the green apples. So when my husband goes to the grocery store, he always buys me green apples. Here's the problem. Because I'm not trying all the different types of diversity of apples, the farmers are only growing specific kinds. So we're slowly but surely losing some of those types of apples. So think about it. If we're doing it just for that, it's happening across all fruits and vegetables. So that's a major problem. Um, Also, uh, when I was there, their biggest concerns were around a few different fruits and vegetables and things that you probably love. They were concerned about bananas um, because of disease happening. Uh, they had a concern over chocolate. Uh, weren't sure how long that was going to last. Yeah, and the they also were concerned mm-hmm. about coffee beans. And I mm. know that a lot of people love coffee. So um, we really need to really look at the regenerative practices that we're doing around agriculture. And um, it's just inspiring to see there's so many 
really cool nonprofits like Kiss the Ground that are teaching farmers new ways to rotate crops and utilize the soil and make sure it's as nutrient dense as possible. Because I'm telling you, it's that carrot you have from this farm versus that farm could be very, very different in regards to nutrition. So um, it's a matter of making sure that everybody's practices are revitalizing that soil. Yeah, we just can't afford to lose any more of the local and regional farms. You just can't yeah. because the more it just keeps getting centralized, they take shortcuts. And then all the things you've just described about nutrition and putting that value back in the land, they just don't have time to do it. And they're and they're monocropping. So we could go on and on and on about that. I think it is just, I think it's a, it's a fantastic idea that you've taken. I'm going to read the ingredients. You've got apple juice, apple puree, pumpkin puree, carrot puree. See, you, I know what these ingredients are. I'm not having. Oh yeah, to go you to can a, read the whole thing. It's 96 percent fruits yeah, and vegetables, and then exactly. we use the rice flour to get it to go through the equipment. We yep. use the pectin, which is made out of orange and lemon rind, to make it stick together. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's easy. I think it's I think it's fantastic. So, what does the future hold for climate candy and faves? What are you kind of uh, what are you projecting out for the remainder twenty twenty three and into twenty twenty four? Well, we just came out of Climate Week in New York City, where we uh, sent out with Yellow Dot Studios Climate Claws to hand out climate candy all over New York City. Oh, I, so I think I saw that on the end. Unfortunately, Climate Claus, his, uh, his, uh, his home is melting. So we wanted people <laughs> to know. Uh, so we're coming off of that. And I think looking at the future, we have the World Economic Forum in Davos coming up in January. And I think being able to talk to 193 world leaders and big corporations and exposing them to new insights and transformational experiences and and unique opportunities to positively impact the world. I think it's it's great to be able to go to those type of high-level events, but I think it's also the opportunity to inspire others. So if this podcast can get out to others to take action, are eager to learn, and want to leverage their networks for real change, it's just that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate around getting people their five to eight servings of fruits and vegetables, how food waste connects to climate change, um, and just you know just having fun with this. So I think you have to as an entrepreneur because every day is, you know, goes all over the place. You never know what's coming at you. Well, you've got such a great spirit and a great energy about you. So I think you must obviously put a lot of love and energy into all that you're doing. So for people that want to connect with you or just find different ways to work with you or collaborate, what's the best way for people to connect with your brand and perhaps you if you like? Well, you can connect in with me via email. That's the easiest. Uh, just email me at amy at climatecandy.com. I'm happy to, to reconnect with people that want to do something for the planet. Well, and then climatecandy.com. Obviously, you can go through that on our website. And then, you know, LinkedIn's always a great way to connect in with people too. And um, so there's all sorts of resources. Just people have to just take a chance and, and find that mentor and find that person that maybe that connect into something. And if I'm not it, I may know somebody else that they should connect in to make that change. So. Well, you've already built a big part of the uh, supply chain for people. So for people who do want to get involved and maybe they've got an idea for upcycling, you'd be a great person for them to, to, to talk to. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. I think um, everyone should go out and give this a try. Um, like I say, it's if you didn't know, what it was, you would just think this is a fun, just a fun treat. So I think ironically, your family would be proud 
And maybe they yeah. wish that they had let you break their machines because you got right. good out of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're they're pretty addictive. So watch out. I uh, I always remember my grandfather telling me not to not to eat the profits. Uh, but it's pretty hard when you own a Willy Wonka modern Willy Wonka company. So. I, that's what I'm saying. I'd be like 400 pounds. Uh, I'd have to get. Well, I'd have to do some tries myself just to keep that yeah. off. Hey, the good news is this is your fruits and vegetables for the day. So you could just literally go through a four ounce pack and get four servings of your fruits and vegetables. Done. I mean, how can you go wrong? Done. Easy. <laughs> Amy, awesome talking to you again. I'm so glad we got to reconnect live and share it with everybody. Fantastic. See you soon. Pleasure. <laughs>